Today on CityCast Philly. Chances are, if you grew up in the city, you took a class field trip to the Liberty Bell, City Hall, or even the Betsy Ross House. This is American history that gets talked about a lot in school. But my guest today has spent the last 15 years documenting and sharing stories you may have never heard before. The history and experiences of South Asian Americans who've lived right here in Philly and impacted the world. It's Tuesday, May 30th. I'm Trine Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Samit Mullik, you're the executive director and co-founder of the South Asian American Digital Archive, or SADA for short. Whose stories are included in this collection? So SADA collects and shares stories of those of us here in the U.S. who trace our heritage to India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Afghanistan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Bhutan, Maldives, and the many South Asian diaspora communities around the world. It's a population of more than 5.4 million of us across the United States, but one that typically hasn't been reflected in the American story. Right. So many people are familiar with the story of the founding fathers signing the Constitution here in Old City. But you share a different history and you do that through walking tours that start actually at the Liberty Bell. What's significant about that location? Well, the Liberty Bell, of course, is such an important symbol, not just for us in the city in Philadelphia, but for people all across the world. And so the Liberty Bell happens to also be the site of an important South Asian American story. In 1920, so just about 100 years ago, thousands of South Asians and others gathered at the Liberty Bell to lead a march in protest for India's independence from British rule. And the walking tour that you mentioned, that's called Revolution Remix, starts at the Liberty Bell and winds its way around Old City, ends at Ray Street Pier, and shares stories of South Asians in Philadelphia from the 1780s all the way up to the present day. Stories that most Philadelphians, and certainly I didn't know anything about. And so it's incredible to see people learn about and react to those histories. So who are some other Philadelphians we should know about? One really important South Asian Philadelphian is a young woman named Anandibai Joshi. She grew up in India in the late 1800s. And something that wasn't that uncommon at that time, when she was just nine years old, she was married off to someone who was almost 20 years her senior. Um, She gave birth to her first child when she was just 14, but within a few days she lost her son. And she felt that the reason she lost her son was because as a woman growing up and living in India, she didn't have access to the health care that she needed under brutal British colonial rule. And so she made it her mission in life to become a medical doctor, something that no Indian, no South Asian woman had done before her. And in order to do that, she came to Philadelphia. She arrived here in 1883 to enroll at the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania, which at that time was at 6th and Arch, and three years later graduated and became the very first South Asian woman anywhere in the world to earn a medical degree. And so hers is a fundamentally Philadelphia story. And yet, once again, it's a story that we unfortunately not too many people know about. Samip, you've spent the last 15 years documenting stories just like hers and and stories of histories um, that don't get talked about when it comes to American history. Why is it important for you to do this work? My parents immigrated from India in the late 1960s, early 1970s. And so I was born and brought up in this country. I grew up in Michigan for the most part. And as a young person of South Asian heritage growing up in the United States, what was really 
challenging for me was not seeing stories of my community reflected in the American story and always feeling in some ways like I was disconnected or displaced in the country that I was born and brought up in, the country that I call my own. So beginning to learn about these stories for me personally was incredibly transformative. It changed the way that I see myself and my place in the world and certainly my place as an American. And so the reason it's so important for us to be able to share these stories is they are transformative as they were for me, as they are for others in, within our community, and for others at large really understanding the incredible richness and diversity of our country and its history. For sure. I want to go back to the walking tour a bit. Are there other South Asian Philadelphians that you highlight on the tour that we should know about? Yeah, one other notable individual, a name that many people have likely heard, is someone named Amar Gobalbos. He was born in Philadelphia in the late 1920s, grew up here, and later went on to study at MIT. And at MIT, he studied sound engineering, an interest that he had developed as a young person, being interested in both science and music. Later on in life, he went on to start a company called Bose Corporation. And many people now Wait have... a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> is that the, the speaker company? Yeah, it, it may be the speakers that many of your listeners are listening to uh, this, <laughs> this podcast on. But the reality is so many people have heard of Bose Audio or Bose Corporation, but they never realized that Bose is a South Asian American individual, Amar Gopal Bose, who started that company and who grew up right here in Philadelphia. There's nearly 5,000 artifacts inside his digital archive that's accessible to the public. And I explored a little bit on the really cool interactive map where you can browse by state. And Pennsylvania had about 89 artifacts. Mm -hmm. What's included in this collection? Well, the archive itself, which is now the largest publicly accessible collection of South Asian American stories and materials, mm -hmm. includes artifacts dating to the 1800s all the way up to the present day. It includes photographs and newspaper clippings. It includes letters written from early immigrants to one another. It includes community publications. It also includes other archived digital materials like websites and emails and PDFs, and also hundreds of oral history interviews. And these artifacts tell us stories of what it means to be South Asian American, what it means to be an immigrant in the United States. And in combination, they really reflect the diversity, once again, of this unique experience. How do you want people to use these artifacts? We want them to be used in any and all ways. I mean, certainly they get used very widely by students and by scholars, by researchers, but we also work collaboratively with artists and filmmakers and journalists and others to bring these stories to life and to really make them emotionally resonant and connect them with people. So the walking tour is just one example. A couple of years ago, we published a book called Our Stories, An Introduction to South Asian America. And it's a book that really is intended for high school and college age readers, recognizing that the resources that young people need to learn about South Asian American histories haven't existed. We've also collaborated really extensively with artists. And so in fact, in addition to the walking tour itself, we actually have a soundtrack to the walking tour where we collaborated with five South Asian American musicians. each of whom wrote a new musical composition telling the story uh, in musical form that we share on the tour.
And it's a really powerful experience to not just hear the stories, but to see how they've been creatively interpreted by musicians today. I saw that you all have had the tour every few months. Like, how often do you do the tour? Yeah, we do public tours every so often. And then we also do private tours for school groups, uh, high school students, college students, community organizations, businesses, etc. Uh, you can learn more about the tour and all of Sada's work on our website, which is sada.org. Uh, we have a tour coming up at the end of May, and we'll have more over the summer and the fall. And love it when people come and, you know, and come out of the tour seeing Philadelphia in an entirely new way. Now, we mentioned that this archive is completely digital. Is there something, you know, important about history being digital as opposed to maybe seeing this history in a museum? The power of the digital medium allows us to connect these histories with everyone everywhere in the world at any time. And so the histories that we're sharing of South Asians in Philadelphia are histories that people sitting in South Asia or in other parts of the U.S. are getting to learn about simultaneously. And so that's incredibly powerful. The other thing is that because we're using the power of the digital medium, we're able to allow the original archival materials that we have in SADA to remain with the community members and community organizations from which they originate. So, for example, a vast majority of the materials in our archive come from private collections. They're sitting in a person's home in their basement sometimes, their attic, and their file cabinets, and their photo albums. These are precious family materials that they're willing to share with us so we can share the stories with the world, but they're, they're family's possessions. They want to hold on to them. And so by using the digital medium, we're allowed to right, do so that. So it's about ownership. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so we want our stories to be out there, but we don't want to lose what's ours. Samit, what do you hope people understand about Philly now after learning about some of this history? What I hope people understand about Philadelphia is that ours is a truly cosmopolitan city, that our history, which most people don't really recognize as being as diverse as it is, is incredibly rich, incredibly diverse. And I hope it gives us pride. I hope it creates pride in our city, especially for our immigrant communities to recognize that our stories have always been part of this city story and that we are now part of the city today. And so that long lineage that we get to be part of is one that helps us feel more deeply rooted and connected to the story of Philadelphia. Samit Malik, thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thanks so much, Renee. It's been such a pleasure. To learn more about the work at SADA, click the link in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Pennsylvania state troopers are more likely to search black and Hispanic drivers than white motorists. That's according to a report from Spotlight PA. Criminologists analyzed state data and found there were no racial disparities for warnings, citations, or arrests, just for searches. State Police Commissioner Christopher Paris said they'll use this information to improve police services. And according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Flower Foods, the company that owns Tasty Cakes, has issued a voluntary recall of its candy cakes for having undeclared peanuts. If anyone with a peanut allergy ate the chocolate snack, they could have a serious or life-threatening allergic reaction. The mislabeled candy cakes were distributed on May 11th to customers in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia. Throw out or return the snacks for a full refund if the package has an enjoy by date of June 5th, 2023. 
That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about Philly's South Asian American history, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. To learn more about the work at Zada, oh, there goes the train. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing.